Crime Wives is a true crime podcast. Some of the content on this show might be too graphic for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hi guys, and welcome to Crime Wives. I'm your host, Veronica. And I'm your host, Destiny. And hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I've got something, some phlegm in my throat, so... um. <laughs> Otherwise, how are you? <laughs> um, well, you know, when you got here, I this is like the, I swear to you, the only time that I've had even like an hour in the last like week and a half, two weeks to just be by myself. And I took a nap. Yeah, that was because it's the final countdown. It really, like it's Dee-dee. less than two months away. And I, it hit me and guess what I did? I procrastinated and I went to the beach. Oh, right, right, Last yeah. Weekend. And what Destiny's talking about here, folks, is she's getting married in September, <laughs> and lots of things it have is, still to be planned. It is all just coming straight for me, and so uh-huh. it's literally like, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, either podcast or have this birthday, plus like, all my wedding stuff in between. Yeah, right when I walked in, she was like, um, so I'm not going to have a social life for a while, so bye. <laughs> I'll, see you, I'll see you Wednesday. So right if you're here. listening to this and you're Destiny's friend, it's not you, it's her wedding. It's <laughs> 100% true, yeah. So that's where I'm at. Um, yeah, I didn't get to take a nap today, though I did have to sleep on the couch last night, and if you ever need a place to stay last minute... Uh, don't ask me because I'm going to offer you my couch and it is the lumpiest thing I've ever slept on in my life. Like I woke up and was like, did I fall asleep on pillows? What is And I was like, oh, it's just my couch. It's, that's how it works. It's, okay. It's awful. So. You're like, I'll never ask my husband to sleep on the couch. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, or if I'm real mad, I'm going to make him sleep on lump city. <laughs> You're like, like, now I know your punishment. You got it. Done it now. Go sleep on the hills. <laughs> on the hills. Yeah. yeah. So, on that note, Travis yeah. sleeping on the hills. <laughs> what are you doing this week? This week? Weekend, last well, week? Yeah, I mean, it's Wednesday, so half of half of the week is behind me. Um, we're actually going to Seattle this weekend, so um, sorry to our friends whose birthday parties are coming up this weekend that we already made plans for. Um, oh, that I volunteered to help host? I'm an idiot. <laughs> Why do you do this to yourself? <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm just in the middle of planning a wedding. Oh, I also edit and record. Oh, you know what? Who wants a birthday party? <laughs> you get a birthday party. You get a birthday party. You get a birthday party. Alex gets a crazy wife. Woo, woo. You're welcome. <laughs> He's like, why are you doing this to her? And she, they're like, it's all her. It's She's doing this just to her. She just keeps making decisions to do things for people. Yeah. So, okay, back to you. I apologize. No, no. I told you, when the wedding starts coming, I'm not even, I'm just going to understand. <laughs> I've been you. there. I appreciate it. Yeah. There's only one way for you to become a true crime wife, and that's for you to get to be a wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm on this journey with you. <laughs> I thought it was going to have to do with murder for a second. Oh, like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This, no, no, I'm no. not going to get that crazy. Not, we're not, no initiation situation quite yet. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so we're going to Seattle this weekend. Uh, my dad lives in Seattle, and he, well, he lives in Renton. So it's a little bit, it's kind of like, I try to tell people it's like Salem-Kaiser. Oh, gotcha. But, like, bigger ski, scale, scheme? Bigger scale. So is it, like, Almsville, Staten? Um, it's more like Salem-Almsville. <laughs> so it's, okay, okay. Because... It's it's technically on a map, kind of like Salem Kaiser, but it's Seattle, so Seattle's ginormous. Yeah, and he lives just a little little outskirt of that. Um, and so we're gonna go up there. He's making Travis build a computer so that I can have a computer. There you go. We're getting an upgrade on our computer, and he's showing Trav how to build one. And um, and then I think we're gonna go to. Did you know there's a Ferris wheel in Seattle? I... Yeah. Oh, like okay. on the pier. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pff, I didn't even know that there was a pier. Dude, Wait, you I... were in Seattle like. Two weeks ago. Dude, or two months ago. I go to Seattle like twice a month or like once a month at least. Yeah. And we always go. And I, at one point I lived with my dad for like a summer. I still had no idea. That beer has always been there. But <laughs> yeah, I hope yeah. you enjoy it. And he was sending me stuff about it. And so I think we're going to either do the zoo in Seattle. Okay. Or the aquarium in Seattle. Or both. Or also the, so. Treat yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he gets, he works for a bigger companies so I get little discounts and stuff um he yeah he's gonna do that and then we're gonna watch I'm more stoked I love watching UFC at my dad's house and there's a UFC fight this weekend and he's got like 
the biggest it's kind of like a stop, droppy downy screen but not quite what is that what is the, a projector okay but, it was like yeah, yeah droppy downy screen is projector. obviously the technical term for it but i don't <laughs> think it's a i think it's just a big tv that's curved my memory is failing <laughs> but okay. well yeah all I know is that we're going to watch some UFC on that after we do the... Well, I'm sure Travis is just going to be stoked. Oh, yeah. It's Travis. Whenever... And so we Travis loves... I just texted my dad this yesterday. I'm like, just so you know, we walked by a beer that's apparently my dad's favorite beer. We're at the store and Travis... And we had not... As you know, Travis forgot our wedding anniversary. Not forgot it he knew when it was coming but he told me it was a different date our wedding it was on september 2nd he was like no it's the third i'm like uh no it's definitely the second and i sent him a picture of our certificate hanging on the wall and he goes someone wrote it wrong i'm like i was he would also (laughs) well they're wrong yes he's all about everyone else being wrong (laughs) so i text my dad and was like travis walked by something at the time that i wasn't going to tell him but it's we walked by beer and he was like that's your dad's favorite beer i gotta get and i was like how the heck do you know that's my dad's favorite beer like how do you know i how do you know that's my dad's favorite beer you're like like, i love that you know that but i also want to slap you yes i mean don't remember exactly we live in a different state than him we don't see him that often you know so the fact that he remembered his freaking favorite beer and he's like it's great and so and so i text him i was like just so you know travis forgot our wedding anniversary but remembered your favorite thing get ready for a surprise oh god <laughs> so that's hilarious yeah so i'm stoked yeah i know it sounds like a blast yeah you'll have to take me one day yeah are you uh oh i was gonna say what are you doing this weekend but it sounds like you're planning a birthday <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so yeah, I'm planning uh, our friends Dirty 30, mm-hmm. um, and then it's like featuring two of our other friends. Because... Who are not yet 30, so... So it's like featuring Jake and <laughs> I hope I never have to have a birthday that's featuring someone else right. who's also birthday. But it's like, Wait. they were all, well, one of them's his brother. Yeah, so... and mine is always our friend Michaela. Ours is always Michaela's birthday featuring Ronica. I'm the feature! <laughs> no, no, this last time we went out to for your birthday and I was like, Michaela, we're going, we'll make both your birthdays that's true so this time it was featuring Michaela take that take that Michaela she's like fuck you guys yeah um, she's just listening to this scrubbing your toilet she's yes. like you guys suck she's always cleaning her bathroom when she listens to what up girl how's that bathroom <laughs> getting it done um so yeah I have that and then I'm doing like a makeup trial run tomorrow mm-hmm. did my invitation I went to work late today did my invitations getting them all like hopefully ready to send out by Friday night weddings birthdays yeah. I want to cry. But I bet I'm you fine. do. No, it's fine. Just keep napping when you're stressed. It'll help. Or having wine. Yes. Also, Wednesdays, we can get together, talk about true crime for a little bit. You can drink some wine, and for at least two hours, we're good. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I got a busy week, but what else is new? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. Literally nothing. So, what are you going to be talking about this week? This week, I'm talking about somebody named Dorothy Jane Scott. And I did already mention this, but I did not know there was an O in the middle of Dorothy. And <laughs> to I clarify the second O. This, correct. <laughs> and not, I did not think it was Dorothy. Dorothy. <laughs> I just, whenever I was typing it earlier today, I'm like, I've gone 29 years not knowing how to spell the name Dorothy. <laughs> so, uh, there's that. Okay, so... Dorothy Scott was born on April 23rd, 1948. So we going back. In 1976, she became a mother to a beautiful baby boy. Wait, is that a lot of years later? Nope, never mind. Okay. (laughs) She's 60. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, wait a second. Sorry, math is hard. Okay, so she becomes a mother in 1976. There wasn't much to be said um, about the first part of her motherhood, or that I could find anyways. Um, except that she was a single mother living in Stanton, California, with her aunt and her four-year-old son, who, in one place, his name is, it says, Shanti. Okay. But at other places um, that I'm going to mention at the very end, it says, Sean Scott is his name. So I'm going to call him Sean if if I bring him up again. He's Sean, not Shanti. I don't know if it's like a nickname or what. Anyways. So she is a secretary for two jointly owned Anaheim stores called, um, well, one's called Swingers Psych Shop. Um, It sold psychedelic items, such as (laughs) love beads, lava lamps, 
candles, incense, those sort of things. Sounds like the 70s. So like a hippie store. Yeah. And then the other one was at, it was just, it says, according to Wikipedia, was a head shop. What? And I did not look up what the heck that is. So I'm going to let anyone that wants to know what a head shop is, you do that on your own time and let me know. It's very interesting. I was like, all I kept picturing was Beetlejuice with all the little heads. And oh, like I was thinking wigs. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Like mannequin heads. So like a everywhere. real, an actual thing yeah, as opposed yeah. to but tiny. I mean, or no shrinking heads. There we are. People that are asked later, like coworkers and friends, said that she preferred staying home. She was a devout Christian. She did not drink or do drugs. So she's just this, you know, quiet lady who's got a four-year-old, just single mom in it and trying to raise her kid. Her parents, who lived in Anaheim, babysat their grandson while she would go to work. And her dad, um, his name's Jacob, uh, said that his daughter may have dated on occasion, but had no steady boyfriend um, that they were aware of. Okay, so so baby daddy not in the picture. Yeah, no. So it's just, um, she lives with her aunt. aunt. I'm assuming there must have been like, maybe a little, maybe they either didn't have room for her in the house and her son, or she's just trying to get out a little bit but not or maybe like she's like her aunt could have been closer to her age or yeah something. yeah i don't know that but yeah she so she lives with her aunt and um then she drops her son off um and then goes to work every day for the most part she lived a pretty normal life just going to work and taking care of her son until one day she started receiving anonymous phone calls at work from an unknown male Ugh. at one point She told her mother that she thought she recognized the voice, and I'm assuming she means like it was maybe a client that came into the store or something, but she thought that she recognized the voice, but she couldn't remember the man's name or like how she knew it. Uh, The calls started to become pretty regular, and he would tell her of his love and devotion on a regular basis. Um, Essentially, he started to tell her that he was obsessed with her. Um, Probably not the word obsessed, but you know. Weird. Uh Uh-huh. This started happening pretty frequently, um, and then on more than one occasion, he also started to threaten her with things like killing her and stuff. Ah, So Very not normal. Yeah. So uh, the man also said uh, he had been stalking her and provided accurate details of her day-to-day life. Holy shit. Uh Uh-huh. And um, in a later interview, Dorothy's mom recounted that Quote, one day he called and said to go outside because he had something for her. And for some reason, she went outside. And there was a single dead rose on the windshield of her car. So. The fuck. Yeah. So the calls unsettled um, Dorothy and her family, but no one was ever quite sure what to do about them. So they went unreported. Call the fucking police? And I put in quotes, because the 80s. <laughs> like, the 70s and 80s. We just, everyone's just like... Uh, this seems, uh, not great. So, I wonder how I should deal with this. Um, so, how she dealt with it, um, is going to be noted, but the next part here says that, uh, Dorothy's mom also said one call especially horrified Dorothy. The man reportedly told Scott, which Dorothy Scott, um, that she, he would get her alone and, quote, cut her into bits so no one could ever find her. Because of the calls, uh, Dorothy, instead of, I don't know, going to the police or anything, considered buying a handgun, and then on the week of May 19th um, of this same year, she started taking karate lessons, as opposed to calling Calling the police. police. Yeah. And karate? Yeah. Was kickboxing not a thing? I'm sure there probably weren't, like, defensive classes quite then, but... I mean, I'm just thinking, like... Chop. I took karate and I'm like, chop. It takes you a long time to actually get like very skilled in karate. Like black belt takes like six years. It, it sure does. And so that's why it's unfortunate that only a week later. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, at 9 p.m. on May 28th, 1990, or sorry, 1980, one week after she started karate lessons, uh, she was at an employee meeting at work, and she was sitting next to a coworker named Conrad. This name is so hard for me to say out loud. I tried to say it earlier, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna sound awful." Conrad Bostron. Bostron. It's like Boston, but there's like. I think you said it right. Bostron. Oh, I for sure did. It just sounds awful to say out loud. <laughs> so, 
She's at work at the meeting. She's sitting next to her coworker, Conrad Bostron, and she noticed that he didn't look well. And then she like looked down at his, I think it was his arm and says, there's a red mark on your arm and you don't look very well. So um, another coworker whose name is Pam Head, <laughs> um, she, she was like, yeah, there's some, they, they, apparently they both agree. Something's not right with you. Some, and he was like, well, I have this thing on my arm and it doesn't feel really well. So they left the employee meeting and they uh, take Bostron to the emergency room at the Irvine Medical Center. After being convinced that the mark on his arm was like an insect bite or something, they're like, one of them was like, no, we know that you need to go to the doctor. Yeah. On the way to the hospital, they stopped by her parents' house real quick so that she could check on her son, probably because this is pre-cell phones. She had to, like, go in and say, hi, I'm taking my friend to the emergency room. I'm going to be gone for a few hours. Yeah. Um, don't wait up on me. Um, while she's there, she uh, changes her clothes and puts on this red scarf and this jacket and kisses her son and um, heads back out to her car, and they go to the hospital. When the, th- when the three finally arrived at the hospital, her co-worker was checked, and it was determined Bostron had suffered a black widow spider bite. <laughs> yeah, so, and apparently he'd been putting it off for a while, so he's pretty ill. Um, <laughs> also, so. go to the hospital. Call the police. Go to the hospital. Yeah, like, there's a lot of things here. I mean, at least she knew to take her friend to the hospital. Yeah, that's true. So, um, Pam Head said that uh, she and Dorothy remained at the ER waiting room to wait for their coworker um, because he couldn't drive and they had, you know, driven there in um, Dorothy's car. And so they waited in, in the lobby to until he was treated and then released. And Pam, it's very clear that she said... Uh, not at any point in between that time did Dorothy leave her side. She was next to her, so she noted that. Finally, around 11 p.m., Bostron was discharged and given a prescription for his bite. But because Bostron had been in the hospital for so many hours and at this point was still not feeling well, um, Dorothy didn't want him to have to walk through the big parking lot, so she um, she's like, I'm just going to pull the car around for you. You oh. wait here. There was another place that said he had to fill out insurance papers. There, I don't know if that's what, whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. So she said that Dorothy went to the bathroom briefly and then headed out. I'm sure that wasn't the only time that she went to the bathroom if they were there until 11 p.m., but that's the only time that she's noted um, going to the bathroom. She goes to the parking lot, and that noise you made was correct. Pam Head and Conrad Boston filled the prescription and waited for the exit or at the exit for Scott. When they didn't see her after a few minutes, they went outside into the parking lot. Suddenly, they saw Dorothy's car speeding toward them. Uh, its headlights blinded them so they could not see who was driving it or who was even in the car. Uh, they waved their arms to try and get Dorothy's attention, but the car sped right past them, took a sharp right turn out of the parking lot, and was gone like from there. And initially, because A, the 80s, and people are like, oh, this is weird, but it's, it's fine, right? They were like, maybe there's something wrong with her son, and she just had an emergency and had to leave, but how, how would she know? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of their initial, I don't know how the heck they got home, but a few hours later, after not hearing from her, uh, they decided to report her missing. And so I think they also like called her parents and were like, hi, is she home? And they were like, no. So, um, at about 4.30 a.m. on May 29th, um, so the following day, Scott's car, a white 1973 Toyota uh, station wagon, was found burning in an alley about 10 miles away from the hospital. However, Dorothy was nowhere to be found. So, another, um, obviously the main, (laughs) I should probably just throw this in here now just to just sadden the sadness. Her son's four. My son's four. And so I just kept reading. I was like, oh, her poor baby. You're like, but, but and all baby. she's doing is just working to keep her baby happy. And she's a single mom. And <sighs> Okay, so it was only about a week later that Scott's mother, Vera, received the first call. Um, the phone rang, and when she answered, the caller asked, are you related to Dorothy Scott? When, she, when Vera said that she was, the caller simply added, I've got her, and then hung up. What? Yeah. Uh, This was the first of many calls that Dorothy's parents would receive, and though the police installed a voice recorder, I think, I don't know, I'm going to say this part, that they, they add, so they installed a voice recorder at their residence, um, but they were never able to trace any calls because anytime they did receive a call, um, they, the caller would not stay on the line long enough. Yeah. So uh, whatever, probably nowadays, 
all you have to do is like answer it one time and they can track wherever it's from instantly but i'm gonna blame it on the 80s and say that well that was the thing for a long time is Mm -hmm. they're like keep them on the phone keep them on the phone i remember even like the santa claus the movie the santa claus and like charlie calls and the police are like keep them on the phone keep them (laughs) all i thought where you go (laughs) yeah happy thoughts happy thoughts that's uh that's who i am okay so um the same man called uh almost Okay, this is a quote from um, the mom. Almost every Wednesday afternoon for four years. Four years? Yeah. And said either that he had Dorothy or that he had killed her. Uh, The calls were usually brief and usually occurred when Vera, the mom, was home alone. Um, So leads it to believe that mom's being watched probably too. Finally, um, the man called during the evening and Jacob Scott, Dorothy's dad, answered. And after that, the calls stopped coming in. So I don't know what was said in that conversation. Or like intimidated by yeah. another man but, or something like that. Or maybe he was just thrown off and thought mom was home alone. Um, but they stopped. And then on August 6th, 1984, a construction worker discovered some dog and human bones beside about, or by, side by side about 30 feet from the Santa Ana Canyon. So someone stumbles upon some human bones and the bones were partly charred after examination but um, after they were examined, authorities believed that they had been there uh, for about two years. Um, oh, no. Uh-huh. And a bushfire had swept across the area because California. Yeah. So they were kind of hard to identify at first. But uh, there was a turquoise ring that was with the body and a watch was also found with the body. Um, and f- they were finally able to identify it as belonging to Dorothy. The mom was able to say these were Dorothy's just by looking at them. But at that point, she they they still didn't know who the body was for yeah, a little while. Yeah. But one thing that um, her mom noticed was or noted was that uh, the watch had stopped at 12.30 a.m. on May 29th, which was about an hour after the co-workers last saw her speeding away. Um, so on August 14th, the bones were finally identified as Scott's by dental records. So, um, unfortunately, an autopsy could not determine the cause of death. Oh. Probably because the fire. Yeah, that had just everything, and the yeah. amount of time and everything. Yeah. So, uh, here I put that this is kind of, I put the only known motivation, but um, a possible motivation in Scott's murder surfaced in, or on June 12th of 1980, so this is even before her body was found, was that an, unidenti- an unidentified man called the desk, uh, the front desk at the Orange County Register on the same day that the local newspaper had ran a story about the case. Mm-hmm. So kind of convenient timing. Um, a managing editor told police that a man said, quote, I killed her. I killed Dorothy Scott. She was my love. I caught her cheating with another man. She denied having someone else. I killed her end quote. All right. Uh, yeah. The editor also said that the caller knew Conrad Bostron had suffered from a spider bite on May 28th, which was information that had not been released to the public because there was a lot of details they kept. Yeah. Um, so that I think they even didn't tell anyone that, like, who she was with because they wanted whoever yeah. took her would know. He also knew that Scott had been wearing a red scarf. So, as noted before, she went home and deliberately changed into a red scarf, um, which was another detail that only, you know, people that saw her that night would know. So, neither of those details were published um, on the June 12th article either. Uh, the caller was also, also claimed that Scott phoned him from the hospital that night, but Pam disputes that claim. She kept saying, she was like, she was with me the whole time. She didn't make any phone calls. She was with me. So... Uh, the investigators do believe the anonymous caller was likely responsible for Dorothy Scott, though. Or Dorothy Scott's death, though. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, I yeah, think, yeah, I think... 100%. Yeah, at that point, I think they knew that those would be details. I, th- I think it starts to become more clear to the... Um, when they first started investigating that she was getting weird calls. And so they were like, mm, she might have a stalker. Let's not release any details. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, though to this day, her killer has never been identified. Oh, damn. There was a website that I felt, um, kind of was worth mentioning. It was the first thing I had found about this whole story, but, um, I just took a different route, but some of these things felt like 
worth mentioning. Um, these are some notes that were posted by, it's called, the blogger of this is called Crime Blogger 1983. I just wanted it to be clear, this is their information, um, that he was able to get in touch with her now adult son, Sean Scott. Holy shit. Yeah. The, this blogger noted that Sean added some interesting things to the investigation of his mother's cold case. In another quote, they said, apparently there was a suspect that Sean became aware of through several of Dorothy's friends who lived in Missouri, and his name was Mike Butler. Um, apparently, Butler was unstable, an unstable individual, and the only reason I was like, oh, I have to put this in here was the next, the next information. He was an unstable individual um, who lived in the Santiago, Santiago um, Mountains and was involved, known to be involved in cult activity. That's not the part I cared about. His sister worked with Dorothy at Swinger's Psych Shop. And oh. so that was like when she was saying, I feel like I know this voice. Well, if she if she ever at one point met him. Um, but the, and he'd apparently mentioned to his sister on a few different occasions uh, that she was very, that he was very attracted to Dorothy. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, apparently the police department was actually aware of Butler at the time, but they had no solid evidence to consider him a suspect or a person of interest. I couldn't find if they, like, brought him in for questioning or anything yeah. like that. But, um, yeah, there's a bit more info on this site about um, her son and the background of Mike Butler. Like, there's this whole thing about Mike Butler. There's, like, a current picture of him. Um, I think he might have passed away more recently, but that was just information that I felt like needed to be added because if it's, if that just felt like, okay, well, let's talk about at least one suspect that they have. Yeah, I, that's insane that they never really found... Yeah, they didn't, they're just, I think it was the time they didn't have anything to go off of. Her car was found burned, there's no details in that, I'm sure, or evidence in that, and so that's, that's it. That's, she just disappeared and then her and you know how much i hate cold cases i love them i hate them because i don't know what happens and i'm like well fuck these people i know the i don't like the ddd i read the back of books i look up the ending of shows like i love the twilight zone that was my version of that song by the way yeah i got that so but damn yeah so uh i'm gonna have to check out that website because i'm just curious more about like Mike, and then curious about like oh yeah, there's a ton of information about Mike. I mean, again, I didn't want to throw this in here and be like, I think it's Mike. Yeah, like speculation. Yeah, so yeah, this uh, again, the person who would just that little last part of it um, is Crime Blogger 1983 has a whole website. They do a lot of um, cold case stuff. Sorry if I bring that up again, or if you hear more things from Crime Blogger and more cold cases. I mean, but this is what I signed up for. So yeah, here we are. Okay, so these are the pictures. I figured we should look at these um, just so you can put a face to the name. That's this one of them is um, obviously that's Dorothy, and then that's her son Sean. And you know, I saw the little boy, and I was like, he's so stop. cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, this was I saw pictures, and then I was like, oh, am I gonna cry right now? Because I have a four year old, and I'm pretty close to the same age that she is right here. Like, oh, this is oh, all. Yeah. They are adorable, and she looks so happy. Yeah, and she- he looks so. Okay, the first picture, he looks a little creepy. Yeah, well, the first picture, he just looks a little mad, and it's, like, obviously a picture that's inside of a frame, so there's some glare going on. She's got flowers in her hair. You can tell what... Yeah, she just has pretty brown, wavy hair. She looks just very happy in both of these pictures. Yeah. And he just, like, is a cute little boy. He's just a cute boy in his overalls. Overalls. Eater in the water. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's them. Well, thank you for that. Thank you. You're welcome. Face to a name. You're welcome. So that was mine. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. That's just so sad. The phone calls freaked me the fuck out. Yeah, same. Same. I don't know. I It was one of the, I was like, oh, ugh, phone calls. Ugh, gotta do well, it. There's this creepy guy that calls our work all the time. Oh, no. Well, he stopped because we called the police, finally. Uh, oh, right, because you did the thing you're supposed to do. Yeah, and so for a while we didn't, but then he, so we would only call when it was girls, and he, you could hear him like, ejaculating not ejaculating sorry masturbating oh, i was like what How and then he'd know? like be whispering like i want to oh lick no. your or i wanted you <sighs> and then but like because we answer with our name yeah and then he would say our name and you're just like 
oh vomit. Gross, so then we finally called the cops and yeah you didn't did, um, did you like look into karate and it was a little too expensive so you no i was like motherfucker i sleep by a bat <laughs> i will kill you yeah yikes murder oh yeah that no that's um that's probably got to be up there on like biggest fear thunder and lightning second i don't like shaky roller coasters third someone calling me and telling me they know what i'm doing or just being doing sexual creepy. stuff that's, that's, <laughs> that's probably my first yeah i know that i should probably be more afraid of men calling me and um you can hear them masturbating but thunder and lightning is a real big one for me that one really freaks me out so yeah there we are yeah it's all scary but good job for calling the cops <laughs> thanks thanks Okay, so what crime are you doing? <laughs> so mine is just wild, too. We're also going to go a little bit back in time with mine. Okay, I can tell by the hairstyle I'm looking at. Dude, we'll talk about that in a second. I do need to, before we go forward, I will have to show this picture, the very top picture, to my sister Riley, because, like, isn't this dude in her regular outfit she literally wears those glasses and has... Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like we live in the freaking 90s right now. Yeah. Which, I mean, this was, like, that picture is probably in, like, the... It's black 50s, and white. 60s. So, yeah. Yeah. But we, like, everything... My boss has a son, and he's, like, 17. He comes in with his shaggy hair and just his whole entire outfit, and he's, like, I kind of want to, like pierce my nose and I kind of want to just do all this stuff that's like very 90s and his outfit is very 90s and I'm like shut up (laughs) we've already been there get out of my office this is Destiny ranting about how kids look today sorry kids I mean it looks nice but I'm also like dude yeah whatever this style is that he that this guy's got going on in this picture with like the flannel and the well let's talk about the picture in a minute okay well all I'm saying is I think his is more of like a classic through the times look yeah, i don't know that it's definitely that's, all i know is it's exactly how my sister wears her hair it's exactly how my sister wears her glasses yeah no, and i was I like agree. oh but this is when i thought he was like nice looking so yes. this is actually a compliment to my sister riley you're welcome <laughs> you're and welcome. i'm sorry <laughs> um okay so anyways today i'm going to be talking about robert hansen robert was born in 1939 in esterville iowa his father, Christian, was a Danish immigrant baker, so he owned a bakery. Nice. Um, and he was known to be very domineering and very strict. Oh, this is a common theme in the stories that you tell. It is, I know. <laughs> it's very interesting. It's always the dads. And I, I don't even choose them based on the dads, so yeah. that's interesting. Uh-huh. Um, his mother, Anna, was known to basically be very submissive, anything that Christian wanted. Um, he, she would take care of, she would do. And as a child, Robert worked a lot of hours in his father's bakery. Okay. And he was looked at um, as more of an outcast. He was a very kind of titled loner in a lot of the things I looked at. Must have had to do with his personality because he looks kind of attractive. He's like... So, well, let's talk about the picture now. So he's very <laughs> cute. Or not very, but he's pretty cute. Like I saw this picture and I was like... Oh, he's kind of good looking. Yeah, no, he looks like when, in a movie, when they're trying to depict that it is from the 50s and 60s, he's, he looks exactly like the cute blonde guy with nice glasses and a cute hairdo. Exactly. And so the fact that when he was younger, they talked about him being a loner, things along those lines, it's very interesting to Must me. Must have had to do with his personality, that's all I know. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, with his dad and everything like that, I think it kind of makes sense. So he was known to be shy, quiet, and have pretty severe acne that led to scarring, um, which you can kind of see if you look at some of the other pictures. I'll scroll. Oh, yeah, it becomes more. I thought it was, oh, woo, like too far. shading? Um, I thought it was maybe like a beard or something. Yeah. So, so he got pretty severe acne, um, and then he actually also had a stutter. So, oh, yeah, that's probably why he was a little outcasty, probably, because yeah. people weren't nice. Yeah, people are mean. Yeah. But he deserves it. <laughs> No. Oh. Oh. Um, so <laughs> this is why. This is why. Oh god. <laughs> so he Disney's was neither a bully. <laughs> I'm not a bully, but <laughs> the only like the only people I were mean to, was mean to in high school and are the mean people. I apologize right? if I was I'm wrong right now. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure I'm correct. Is the people that were like mean to me or mean to my friends? I'm like you and some of my friends would be mean and i'd be mean to them i'd be like you're being a real asshole like we don't treat people like that and my mom has always very much been and you know everybody's mom says it but 
don't treat others how you want to be treated kind of yes thing. and also it should be noted that that's not being a bully being a bully is someone who goes out of their way to be mean to someone yeah on a regular basis that sort of thing or someone who's not doing anything to you if you're someone who's just standing up for other people you're just standing up for other people that's yeah. not bully so, so destiny's not a bully there i said it <laughs> I am not. In the history books. <laughs> um, so he was left-handed, but his father forced him to write with his right hand, um, which has actually been known to kind of, to make stutters get worse. Well, yeah, but you're trying to make your brain do something that it's not, and then also on top of that, you're already trying to work to talk better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Yikes. that's just kind of how things were going. So kind of to relieve his everyday stressors, once he got older, Robert picked up archery and hunting. So he just got very into it. Okay. Um, in 1957, Robert graduated high school and enlisted into the Army Reserve. And in 1960, he got married for the first time. His first crime happened on December 7th, 1960, when he burned down a school bus garage. His co-worker... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, arson. Yeah. Um, his co-worker turned him in, and he was sentenced to three years in prison. Embarrassed about the whole situation... His wife divorced him, and after about a year and a half, Robert was was released. Okay. Um, it is to note that he was assessed in prison and said to have an infantile personality. What on earth is... I mean, I know what the word infantile means, but I've never heard somebody be described like yeah, that. Yeah, so it's kind of where he's just not developing at right where he should be, Okay. basically. So right. that's all, the only thing that they really have right now. Well, yeah, he's trying to write with his opposite hand, and he also has a strict dad who probably is not very nice to him about a stutter. Exactly. And then now he's or just married life. and just got divorced and is in jail. I'm sure things are a little off in there. Yes. So uh, it's also to be said that he, this is part of the reason why he felt the need to get even with everyone. Okay. Okay, now so that makes sense. We will tie back to that. <laughs> Um, once he was released, he married once again and dabbled into some petty theft in 1967. And he... what Destiny would call light crime. <laughs> Very light crime. And he decided to move to Anchorage, Alaska. So in Anchorage, his life had completely 180. He was very well liked, had his wife Darla, and eventually they had two children together. He got very much into hunting, even winning various championships for hunting. Um, it is said that he committed some additional crimes in the early 70s, but the only one that is known is an attempted abduction. Ugh. Escalation. Uh, yeah. Um, which was in 1971, and that was of Susie Heppard. How um, old? Does it say how old she was? She, I believe she was 18 Okay. She was younger. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so Robert walked up behind her, put a gun to her back, and when she screamed, he said, shut up, sweetheart, or I'll blow your brains out. Oh, now he's hardcore. Yes. Okay. So her roommates had heard her screaming, and they yelled out. They're like, we're, we're calling the police. We're calling the police because she was outside of her Good. apartment. So somebody's calling the police. Yeah. About time. Um, <laughs> yes. But... They, so they call the cops. The cops start to come. He still has her with this gun to her back. And then when he hears the siren, sees the lights, he takes off. He, like, didn't believe them. And then was like, oh, shoot, never mind. Well, there's cops coming. So they finally caught up to him. They got him. She was like, that's the dude. That's definitely the guy that just tried to abduct me. Mm -hmm. And he said, I might have, I don't know. I don't remember. (laughs) That seems like a very weird out. Yeah, he had a gun, everything, and they're like, oh, and I really, uh, he's like, I don't remember I what forgot. I was doing. And so uh, they were like, oh, well, he doesn't know. It's her word against his. He was charged with an assault with a deadly weapon and told to go see a psychologist. Oh, no. I thought there was, that was going differently. No. <laughs> um, and then in 1977, so like, oh, there's six years of who knows what was going on. And I'm sure he did not see a psychologist. I'm guessing he didn't. Okay. Um, he decided to pick back up on stealing and was arrested for stealing a chainsaw. During his time in jail, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. After serving a year, he was released from jail and took after his father by opening a bakery. He did so by committing a fake insurance claim that left him with $13,000, which back then was a little bit more money. Yeah, but like... Not super mad at him. Right. <laughs> I am. It's illegal. Don't do that. But, like, it's kind of clever. <laughs> you, and you could have done worse things. Yeah, like, no one's hurt. Like, trying to abduct a girl. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay, no, I'm still mad at him about that, but. <laughs> um. So after he did that, he started up his bakery, and he decided to advice, in, advice? Mm. 
and voice. I got invested. He started to invest, or he decided to invest in a Piper Super Cub, which is a small monoplane. So he just bought a little airplane. Oh, it wasn't like a tiny lion? Because no. that's what I pictured. Just a little Named cub. Named Piper. Oh. <laughs> that's cute. That's oh, my that's cat's, cat's name. name. <laughs> Sorry. Still picturing the lion. I couldn't. <laughs> well, she's a little lioness. She's a tiny Piper Cub. Oh my Please gosh. don't ever call her that again, and oh. you will find out why. <laughs> um, this is not associated with good things. I'm so sorry, Piper. So during this time, there was a boom in sex workers and dancers in the Alaskan area, and Robert decided to take full advantage of that. So there was the oil mines, everything like that. It kind of increased that line of work. Right. There was just more people and there was probably more dudes which meant that line of work was probably easier. Yeah, definitely. And like, I bet you they were making money. They were making money in those oil fields. Yeah. So he started offering money to women and then fully taking advantage of them and raping them. Okay. Um, he was being forceful, not stopping even after he was asked to. He was known to like threaten them and say, you're not gonna, like, you're not telling somebody, like, don't you fucking dare. And if you did, who do you think they're gonna believe? Yeah, and I'm sure that no one did, or that, I mean... There was a few that did. I know that, yeah, there was a few, but... I mean, it's like, it's your job that's not super illegal and kind of frowned upon, so you want to be quiet, but then, yeah. Also, this guy is fully... Yeah, yeah. and he's he's a good-looking white man with a good job. He's probably who they're going to believe. Yeah, unfortunately. So, in November of 1981, Sherry Moreau went missing after telling her friend she was going to meet up with a man who was going to give her $300 to take some pictures. Oh, no. Oh, no. And about six months later, her body was found. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The cause of death was three gunshot wounds, and it looked like she had been blindfolded. And they found her, like, in a, like, foresty, remote Mm -hmm. area. Probably somewhere that was probably kind of pretty, and you'd believe that you'd want to go there for pictures. Uh, yeah, I Maybe. guess so. Unless you were yeah. killed somewhere else. Eh, never mind. <laughs> so although the number of sex workers and dancers that had gone missing had been continually increasing, because there was actually a serial killer around this time. I don't remember what his name was, uh-huh. but like between 79 and 81, okay. they killed like oh, five people. There's like so many <laughs> that were around between 79 and 81. Yeah, yeah. But anyone. I mean, in the Alaska area, area, there was not a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I mean, there's still not as many now, but especially then. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of crazy. Very that remote. Two of them yeah. were in that area. Also, I hear that like the weather and the like seasons can do that to you. So I feel like e- there could even be an elevated amount that no one's aware of. Anyways, that's yeah, all. probably. <laughs> I mean, this this might be a time where it's like dark, like twenty hours of the day. So, mm-hmm. um, so it was continually increasing the number of people that are going missing. But they thought that this specific one was an isolated incident. That is until a state trooper named Lyle started working with the Anchorage Police Department. They started comparing files and realized that this is, at this time, two women had gone missing just the year before. One woman was found by some construction workers and was never identified, and another, Joanne Messina, who was known to be a local dancer. But both of these bodies were so badly decomposed, they did not have much evidence to go on, and the case started to go cold. Okay. It's a... Starting to make a little, little, okay. Okay. Yes, yes. (laughs) So then on June 13th, 1983, a trucker was driving down the road when he saw a young woman flagging him down and flailing her arms. When he took a closer look, he saw a pair of handcuffs still attached to one of her wrists. Could you imagine being a freaking someone who needs to go to safety and your mode of safety is, I'm going to trust this truck driver Hey, please don't be another serial killer. Like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. I just need to throw that out. I would just be scared. Yeah. I would probably find anybody, though. Yeah, that wasn't this guy. I'm like, just I'm in, in a panic. really bad situation. The chance that I get in another really bad one is very unlikely. unlikely but possible. Please don't hurt me, baby. <laughs> exactly. So she asked the truck driver to take her to a local motel, where she went inside and called her Oh, no, not like a hospital. Uh, No. So the truck driver obviously was alarmed, though, and went and informed the Anchorage Police Department. Good, good, good. Good truck driver. Yeah. The Anchorage police officers went to the, so one of the officers went to the motel, and luckily the woman was still there. Oh, good. Um... And she told the officer that a red-headed man in his 40s offered her $200 for oral sex. She agreed, but during the act, he put a handcuffed on her, handcuff on her and held a gun to her. He then took her to his house in Muldoon, where he vigorously raped her, 
bit her nipples, and even shoved a hammer inside of her. Oh, uh, uh, what end? I didn't ask that question, but... uh, It didn't go into too much detail. I was not prepared for that. I wouldn't have... I would have tried to forget that forever, so... Yeah, there was no preparation for that, but whoa, that came at me quick. (laughs) So he then informed her that he was going to fly her to his isolated cabin, and if she cooperated, he would let her go. Once they got to the airport, he got her into the plane, but once he turned his back, she pushed the door open and ran out. Oh, so I was... Okay, I just need to just throw it out there. I've been picturing uh, the the cub thing, uh, the Piper cub. Yeah. Was like a drone, like a bigger drone. No, he bought a private plane. No, 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 no. It's like, so she pushed the door open. He like turned his back to do something uh-huh. and she pushed the top open. So it is but one of like, those super small. It's two, but I was picturing like, you know, like 12 feet one, like a drone that you can fly around. When you said that, I was picturing a straight up drone. He bought a plane oh, that he, like a private yeah, plane no, that like he could he drive. Could, that he drove the plane and okay. he could I was fit like, one wait other a person. Second. Did he put yeah. her on the top and then it was... Okay. Weighted down? No. But, All I mean, right. Not a drone. Moving on. Okay. Um, I so, it was like model plane. That's what I thought. Okay. Anyways. No. no real plane. Okay. Okay. Um, and that makes more sense in Alaska as a real yeah. plane. Yeah. I know. I happen to have family that lived there and they had... That's This is probably why I'm thinking that they had a model plane that they used to fly around. Gotcha. Out there. Anyways. That makes sense. Yeah. So uh, this is when she flagged down the truck drivers when she escaped. After she made her statement to police, they returned to the airport where she was able to tell police officers exactly what plane was her attacker's. Okay. Finding out that it belonged to Robert, the police immediately went to his house where he became furious at the allegations. He was like, this woman's just trying to shake me down for money. And then said, quote, you can't rape a prostitute, can you? (gasps) <laughs> like it's not a human. I yeah. said it's. <laughs> like she, like she they was not, not. are not a human. Yeah, I'm, I just wrote barf. Like, yeah. yeah uh, you can, if they say no, it's rape. If yeah. they don't want it, it's rape. If there is no consent, no matter what it it's happens to be, rape. it's rape. <laughs> so he unless, stated. Unless it's like an inanimate object. But even then, don't rape it. Okay, let's just. <laughs> I just needed to clarify. Now we're going down a whole different conversation so he stated his wife and children were in europe but he was out with his friends that evening his alibi was confirmed and no charges were filed cool so cool (laughs) super cool just a few months later in september 17 year old paula golding's um, body was found near the nick river she had been missing for approximately five months and had been shot with the same gun that the previous victims had been killed with and the police realized they had a serial killer on their hands. Yeah, at this point they're like, same gun, we're something, someone is bad here. Yes, so they called the FBI. Doesn't it suck that there has to be so many deaths with the same gun before they finally are like, oh, we have to call the FBI in. Yeah. People have to keep dying. It's literally ridiculous. Yeah. But I mean, there's that's a lot of... how it goes, I understand. Yeah. So that's when specialist John... Oh my god. That is... I can't say John? <laughs> Um, that is when specialist John Douglas, easiest name to say ever, entered the case. His initial profile was that, this is a pretty long quote, but, quote, Hansen was of small stature, heavily pockmarked, and suffered from a severe speech impediment. Due to Hansen's unsightly looks, Douglas Douglas surmised that he suffered from severe skin problems as an adolescent and was probably teased by his peers. In turn, he would have low self-esteem, which would have prompted him to live in an isolated area. Douglas considered the abuse of prostitutes a way for perpetrators to get back at women. If Hansen was the killer, he was probably using them as a way to get revenge. Okay, just a few things I just have to... First of all, if anyone ever called my adult acne pockmarks, I would pockmark them in the face. (laughs) Second of all, isn't it funny that what they have to go off of is he had acne so he's mad so now he's gonna kill women which yeah, like so i apparently... had a severe acne but also men men handle things differently i know that's not a fair thing to say but some men handle different hormones and so yes he really could have been ridiculed and therefore well so i'll throw it out there is that he girls it was said that girls were kind of like would stay away from him, him and kind of, of rude to him because 
yeah. of his acne, which is stupid. Yeah, I was like, I know some hot dudes with acne. I'm just going to throw it That's out That's true. There. And especially, like, when you're in high school. Like, yeah. It's just, it hits people harder it, and hits people differently. I grew up with severe acne, and if anyone ever called it a, maybe if they called it a pockmark, I would have been different. Exactly. You might be I killing like, people. You I might do, live in Alaska. <laughs> I so. do not like the term pockmark. Anyway, okay. So if you want to make Ronica mad, <laughs> come at me and talk to me about my pock marks. <laughs> Don't. I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, but... I'm the mean guy. <laughs> Is that Robert? You want to turn? Oh no! <laughs> no, it's Ronica. <laughs> Got my name right. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Just saw Robert coming out of the clear. Yeah, no. Okay. All is well. <laughs> so he said that if Robert was the one that committed these crimes, they would need to poke a hole in his alibi, obviously. So because his two friends were like, he was with us. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. So the cops once again questioned his two friends that he said he was with that night. And Suddenly he has friends? <laughs> well, because well, when he moved to Alaska, he had tons of friends. Oh, he was like, very well known in the community. A bunch of dudes that were like, we all do the same thing as you. Okay, got it. Uh, no, but oh, okay. they like hang out. <laughs> oh, I thought, well, by the same thing as you, I thought maybe... Hunting. Oh, hunting. I thought it was the ladies. Not like the killing part, but like maybe... I, I mean, they might, but yeah. I don't, I'm not... I, didn't go into background about their lives. At this point? Yes, he okay. still owns his bakery. Okay, okay. So the cops pushed a little harder this time, telling the friends, you know, if you're lying and you continue to lie, we're going to press charges against you. And obviously. Yeah. But they apparently had to just say it for them to realize. So okay. that's when they cracked. They admitted that they were lying for Robert and they, were they like, really. Shoot. Fine, I'll tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, so they admitted that they were not with him that night. Then police immediately got search warrants. And October 27th, 1983, they took Robert in for questioning. And at that time, two groups, so they got like a total of like eight search warrants oh. for different areas. Okay. But they swarmed his house and his plane. And uh, the day was coming to an end when, because they were like, we haven't found anything. Like, we found guns with this guy Hans. Yeah. Things like that. And none of these guns are the guns they didn't have the for. things that would be like, let's take them to court. Exactly. So the day was coming to an end when one of the officers discovered a hidden crawl space. They found multiple guns, a map with different locations marked off, oh, jewelry, no. newspaper clippings, multiple IDs, including some of the missing women women's IDs. He literally hid all of his stuff in the same place. It was just all of it. a hidden, clearly not that hidden crawl space. Exactly. Dude, you gotta, and you gotta get better at it. <laughs> they found the mini rifle that had killed multiple women. Oh, jeez. Oh, well, yeah. He's well, not stupid. Okay. He's mad and has acne and is not very good at hiding things. Exactly. Okay. So Hansen said he was completely innocent of all allegations and asked for an attorney. Later that day, he was placed under arrest for assault, kidnapping, weapon offenses, theft, and insurance fraud. They were awaiting the results um, of the gun, so they didn't proceed with the murder charges at this point. And that insurance fraud came back. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting charged, buddy. Yeah. Um, so on November 3rd, 1983, Hansen was charged with first-degree assault and kidnapping, five counts of misconduct, misconduct in possession of a handgun, theft in the second degree, and theft by deception in insurance fraud. Okay. Yeah. What's so, going on? A yes. lot of different things. On November twentieth, nineteen eighty-three. So not very long after, the results came back that all four, four murders, um, for the four murders that the police were aware of, and that they were caused by Hanson's gun. Okay. So they could at least tie him to the same gun. Yes. Okay. So Hanson realized that he was going to get pinned with all these murders, so he struck a deal. In exchange for a full confession, Hanson would be charged on just the four cases that they were aware of, and he would serve his time in a federal facility instead of a maximum security facility. That they were aware of. I don't like that at all. So he then started to confess. This is a quote from his transcript. Oh, this is what happens. They're like, you're only going to charge me on these, right? Now do you want to hear everything? Exactly. <laughs> so quote, I pull out the gun. I think the standard speech was, look, you're a professional. You don't get excited. You know that there is some risk to what you've been doing. If you do exactly what I tell you, you're not going to get hurt. You're just going to count this off as a bad experience and be a little more careful next time who you are going to proposition or go out with, you know? I tried to act as tough as I could to get them as scared as possible. Give that right away even before I started talking at all. So he was basically like, I need to gain control. Reach over, you know, and hold the head back and put a gun in her face 
and get him to feel helpless and scared. Okay. End quote. So this guy, especially just from this speech, just really got off on feeling like a big man. Yeah. And But also, like, this is what you do. So he clearly does not like sex workers. Yeah. He's mad at them for whatever reason. And this is what you do. You'd put yourself here and would try to make them feel like, sorry, this you knew this was going to happen. Yeah, just basically just mind effing them. Uh-huh. So he continued by talking about how once he was in control of the situation with the different women, he'd get them on his plane. He would take them to his remote cabin. And so my thing is, like, why didn't you hide everything at your remote cabin? Yeah, dude. What the? Is there maybe? <laughs> I was like, was Airbnb a thing? <laughs> Jesus. I don't think it was. Definitely I not. I think Airbnb has been a thing for about three years now. Uh, so it's new for our time. But it must be somewhere that he maybe entertained people. So he didn't... I, or no, he I think it was just, just dumb it was just and cocky. just a hunting cabin. It sounds... I mean, just from that speech alone, he's just cocky. Yeah. And, yeah. So he'd brutally rape and torture them. While naked, he would occasionally blindfold them and release them into the woods. He'd let them run ahead and then hunt them with a knife or rifle. He said he compared it to going after a trophy animal. <laughs> so he would literally let them go naked and then hunt them. So Alaska was, like, not good for him. Like, no. it's good for some Like for some people. It's totally... That hunting part of it stops at a certain point. There's exactly. a line not to cross. And for well, him, it was... Honestly, I thought of Big Buck. Do you ever play Big Buck? I play Big uh, Buck all the yeah. time. And I'm like, the trophy. And I'm like, oh my god, I will never look at a trophy in Big Buck no. the same way. Yeah, no. Oh, there's... Yeah, no, I keep pict- I keep picturing a lot of, like, naked snow running. Apparently, to me, Alaska's covered in snow at all times. Well, so it, it, stop, a lot but... of times it is. So there's a lot of snowy areas, and we'll kind of tie back to that. So he provided the police with a map that marked 15 grave sites, 12 of the grave sites the police officers were unaware of. Okay, but he could... He confessed to four, he's only getting the four, and now he's like, you guys want to see something? Yeah. (laughs) So, because the area was so heavily forested, they flew a robber actually out to show them every spot where he killed and hunted those women. So, and it was just very snowy at that time, so they had to mark the trees until the snow, like, like, cleared up. Mm -hmm. Oh. On February 18th, 1984, Robert pled guilty to four counts of first-degree murder for Paula Golding, Joanna Messina, Sherry Morrow... And the Jane Doe that was known by Eglutna Annie. It's just a really weird word. That was just, yeah. Um, just because that was around the location she was found. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, so she was still, she's still unidentified. They just called her where she was found. Yeah. Okay. And they just opened it back in like 2009, I believe, around then. To try um, and identify her? To try to identify her again. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. But, so he pled guilty to all of those and was sentenced to 461 years without the possibility of parole. Okay. I mean, yes, but is he still there? So out of the grape sites that he showed them, only seven of the 12 bodies have been recovered. Oh, so he knew that he they couldn't even find some of the bodies? Yeah. Okay. So it's Sue Lana, Malai Larson, Celine Frey. That's supposed to say Daylene oh, Frey. Oh, Daylene Frey. Teresa Watson, Angela Federn, Tamara Pedersen, and Lisa Futrell. Um, so the total possible murders that he was involved in is 17 to 20. Yeah. I'm like, ugh, if he's telling them about 10, but can't really find some of them. Well, and that's why I was like, from 71 when he uh, tried to abduct that girl to 77, they think he did nothing. No, he, he did was, nothing. No, I'm he sure. He was some, doing things. Yes. I'm sure at some point he actually had a successful abduction and then yeah. didn't want to start talking about him until when he was ready. So Exactly. Yeah. So Robert's wife tried to remain in the Alaska area, but due to people harassing her. Oh, he was, was he married this whole time still? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were in Europe, remember? Were they really in Europe? Yeah, they were in Europe. They were, he like what? sent them to Europe to go travel so he could do this. Okay. I thought he was lying. <laughs> no, so they okay. were in Europe and he said he was with his friends, but he wasn't really he, with his friends. He was doing that. If, Okay, note to self, if Travis ever randomly sends just me to Europe, I have questions. Um, Dustin, will you go check and see, like, when, when I say check, will you just follow will him? Will you just follow him everywhere? Okay, noted. Yeah, so Robert's wife tried to remain in the Alaska area um, with her children, but people were harassing her, so she ultimately decided to leave, and after two years, she filed for divorce. 
I was I like, mean, I would have, uh, those papers would have been drafted the second you got arrested for yeah, murder. Who knows, though? Because I happen to know what divorce is like. No one judge me. I think, I bet you, there had to been, like, some deals that were worked out that would, like, legally go through. Kind of like, I'll put up with this. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know she probably wanted to right away. Yeah. I bet you. I bet you she did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if she came I, back I knowing, know, so. hey, yo, your husband killed about 12 girls. We're not sure. For sure. She probably wasn't like, I it's fine. <laughs> I mean, you also don't know, though. She could have been... It doesn't say Ugh. much about her, so she could have just been True. Like, I guess he could have been a, a mine effer and been like, it wasn't me, it was someone else for two years, and then finally was like, you know what, maybe he's lying. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. So, and on August 21st, 2014, Robert died at Spring Creek Correctional Center in Seward, Alaska, of unknown health conditions. Unknown? Hmm, okay. Just died. Was so he like he's asleep? dead. Good, good. All good things. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I know everyone dies, so, but, like... Everybody dies. But... Happy that he did. I kind of wish... I'm just happy he's not here. You kind of wish what? Oh, that he was alive to be like, and this one? Well, no. Just, like, I feel like he... Nothing. I just think You wish he was alive to rot in prison longer? Maybe, yeah. Yeah? Or just have to face more consequences than, Uh like, getting to go to a, like... A federal facility and everything like that like I think I a lot of agree. worse things could have happened to him sounds like a, a lot of he got out on a lot he only got charged for four yeah so and some of one of his is a Jane Doe like they don't even know who yeah exactly mm-hmm. and he hasn't even he wasn't able, able he was not able to produce a name at all no no so, yep there's that so garbage and on, actually if you look at Wikipedia they say they list everybody uh, or, like, all the ones that he's connected to or might be connected to, and it's, like, he's denied this one. He said he did this one, but the body hasn't been found. So it gives you, like, a full list of uh-huh. a bunch of them. But he denied. Insane. I do need to know, there's, okay, two things. I, at first, was regretful for saying he, you know, whenever you hear an awful person did all these awful things, you're like, well, I feel bad for saying they were attractive. Um, a, he did not age well. At all. He gets very droopy. However, I'm going to assume that his prescription never changed because he's for sure wearing the same glasses in every picture. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I didn't dude. even notice that. Like, I mean, he obviously stuck to his style probably back in the very first picture that's in black and white and he has blonde hair and he's holding the scariest horns from he's that actually are... actually a redhead. Oh, okay. Well, in this black and white, it looks like a... Oh, I that... Like I don't know. I think that makes me think he's less attractive, but I love redheads. But I love redheads. Me too. But down here, he's got black hair, so boo. Um, he's obviously dying it. But these two pictures that there's... She... So Destiny sent four pictures. The first two are black and white. Um, he's very young looking, and he's holding a very scary set of horns. I'm assuming from like a... Right, no, like a mountain goat? Um, and then there's a little snippet of him potentially holding more horns in front of a uh, car. It's a bow. Well, a bow and, like, some horns. Yeah, and he is, that's where you can kind of see the acne situation. Um, same glasses. It's that black top rim. And, in fact, I think that if, in, again, he is truly probably what Hollywood goes to when they need to go, let's do nice guy turns creepy. He, like, all, he's, he is For the sure. depiction of nice guy turns creepy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and very droopy, and um, he doesn't age well, so I'm not sad for saying he started out attractive because he got real ugly at the end. Yeah, and looks just very creepy, very scary, very not okay. Yeah. So, that's mine. Well, okay then. You're real big on those uh, serial killers. That's your I, thing. I am. I'm very interested in them. Yeah, serial killers are a, a very interesting thing. Oh, and I about. didn't say, they actually dubbed him the... Butcher Baker, because he oh, was a bakery, and he, like... I'm surprised people. they didn't go for, like, full Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Not, oh, when that I, was when I was talking, like, when I did the whole bakery thing, uh-huh. I automatically thought Sweeney Todd. I was like, oh, no, is he going to put him in his yeah. pies? I guess he's technically... Sweeney Todd's a barber. It was what's her butt. Who that he was like, like the, well, I'll put your meat to work. Uh, Ugh, yeah. Literally. I'll literally put it to work. Ew. Sorry. Took a weird turn. <laughs> Dude, I love that. We just keep taking movies. weirder turns. <laughs> Well, that's that. That's that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, if you're still here and are still enjoying this topic of conversation, I just hope that you guys, A, stick around. B, we thank you if you have. Uh, we are still doing the thing that if you write a um, comment on, honestly, anywhere at this point, yeah. if you write a comment or review on our Instagram, on our Twitter, 
Facebook or um, wherever you listen to our podcast, if you write a review, um, we'll give you a shout out. Or you can write a review and help us and then put, please don't shout me out and we won't shout you out. But <laughs> if you want to shout out um, Instagram, soup, we have a ton of people that are always messaging us and talking to us. Lots of interaction there. We appreciate that. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Um, and honestly, sometimes you'll get both of us yeah you back and we're like oh oh yeah. yeah hey yeah so um you're always talking to both of us we should probably start putting like, at like the a end. d at the beginning Destiny. or like an a at the yeah. end yeah in a, a? <laughs> apparently i'm Annika now and not wrong. oh destiny dna i am alex now <laughs> It's just what's in my head, apparently. A D or an R. R. That's what my name starts with. Hard R. Yeah. Not to be confused for Robert. Yeah. It's definitely Ronica. It's definitely Ronica. (laughs) On that note, if you are still here, for the love of all that is holy, please follow us. (laughs) And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Crime Wives Podcast. You can also G gmail us you can also email us at gmail which is crimewivespodcast at gmail um if you send us if you have anything if you've got anything to talk about if you've got anything that you didn't like to hear any of that stuff we want to hear your interaction if you've got anything to talk about or you want us to talk about or a story to tell us it's crimewivespodcast at gmail.com we'll bring it up we'll just you just have to kind of interact with us and let us know that hey this is a story i want to tell you don't tell it on the podcast or Hey, you want to talk about this? Oh, we'll find a way to talk about it. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks again for everyone. Who's yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And on that note, Crime Wives out. <laughs>